as you know, we've been speaking about the message, Get Real. And the word real is an acrostic that we're using to show the best of the traits of churches that have managed to weather the storm of culture, where once our culture actually helped people get in American attendance in church and in American churches. Now our culture sets up barriers and roadblocks. Perhaps nothing became clearer to me than that than this last week as Pastor Glenn called preachers across the district to the UN Church. And many of you know the UN Church, after having been involved in this parish for years and years, right? Uh, Pastor Bruce pastored there, and uh, Glenn, when he first started, pastored there. But the UN Church is now closed. It's no longer open and meeting for services. And I've shared with you one of the reasons why it's important for us to come to terms with such things is there are 53% of our churches across the state of New Jersey that are Methodist churches now have less than 60 in worship. And out of that 53% that have less than 60, the vast majority of that is 30 and under. And so we ask this kind of question, what, what is it that can take a church that's in a community anywhere and everywhere and after years uh, close its door? I sat and I, I looked around the, the sanctuary and I, I don't know if I could ever even imagine a sanctuary any more beautiful than that sanctuary, really. It looked like it, it could come right out of May, Mayberry. If, you, if, you're, if you're a person that kind of likes uh, the simple things in town, you could walk through that door and believe you'd arrived. And I thought, what a beautiful house of the Lord. But when you get to the house of the Lord on Sunday there, there will be no services of worship. It can be locked. It's not always the most comforting type of approach when the pastor says, are, are we going to be that church in, in uh, some of the years to come where having had a great run in Mullica Hill for uh, pressing towards 200 years, you know, past its 100 years, pressing towards 200 years, or will our church be locked? And not some of it, but all of it depends on you. Now, not you alone, but really Christ in you. Christ alone working his goodwill and pleasure through us. One of the things that helps us avoid being in a situation like that is education. Many times we feel like if we just park our mind in neutral, Jesus will do the rest. But here's what I noticed. When I took comprehensive exams at graduate school, that didn't work. I tried praying each night before I had the exam, Lord, you come and do it for me. It just didn't work. At least that's what I'm thinking. Because after flunking an exam, I didn't have the nerve to blame that on the Lord. Would you? Do you know that Paul told Timothy that the way the church is to go forward is that disciples of Jesus Christ 
are to study, to show themselves approved, a workman unto God. More people in the United States of America have a Bible on their bookshelf than any other single book in America. But don't you imagine sometimes that thing's collecting dust? Unread, everybody has one, as if it's a rabbit's foot or a good luck charm in the house. We ought to have a Bible. Paul said to Timothy, that's not enough. Not only would you have a Bible, but you ought to open it and you ought to read. And then after you're done reading, you ought to study to show yourself as an approved student, a workman unto God. So in Get Real, the R we did Revival and renewal, the E is education. The Bible says that the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And when we hide its words in our heart, we have the privilege of not just reverting to our sinful nature. I heard a Baptist evangelist say this, Sinning will keep you from reading this book. On the other hand, reading this book can keep you from sinning. If sin matters, if we're in earnest against the things of the world that would seek to destroy us in mind, body, and spirit. Now, there are a good many that don't believe there's such adversity in the world. But I will say this. I've, uh, I got a kick one day, especially in the, in the radical separation that exists between church and state. I pulled up behind a pickup truck and there was a big bumper sticker and it was one of those ones where I could read it all. It said, warning, in case of nuclear holocaust, the ban on public prayer will be lifted. <laughs> I remember sitting in the front office as president of Wesley Biblical Seminary when I heard that a, an airplane hit the Twin Towers. And I got a, a feeling where the, there were prickles all over. And I realized after listening to news broadcasts that something was going on. Before I got official word, I... I felt led in my spirit, and it was one of those things where the privilege was mine. I dismissed all the students from their classes. I closed down the school, and I went home in time to see the second airplane go into the towers. And I realized that something terribly wrong was going on. I was supposed to get on an airplane the next day to go to America's Georgia, and I realized that they were in the process of landing every airplane in the sky. And the amazing thing was, it didn't take them that long to do it. I was supposed to, in the weeks to come, have the gentleman who is the pastor from the 
Brooklyn Tabernacle come to speak to our seminary students. He was going to give a seminar on his freshly released book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. And we were hearing unbelievable things from New York City. I couldn't get him to come because he called and he said, Ron, the pastors in New York City have covenanted together that every house of prayer, every place where the Lord is revered is going to be open. And he said, Sunday, they were waiting. They stood in line for 18 city blocks to get in our sanctuary. And I said, would you, uh, would you be willing to live stream a call and tell our students that? Because he was supposed to have been with us anyway. And uh, he, he did. He, he spoke to our student body. And he said, none of us know where this is going. But here's what we do know. As long as there's this kind of hunger that's been kindled in the hearts of our people, we're going to keep the door open. And for weeks and weeks and weeks, there was standing room only in the Brooklyn Tabernacle and people waiting. Fresh wind and fresh fire and things in our hearts in a country that seems to to be just as prone to seeing churches closed when only years ago in a time of national calamity every church there was full. I look around, I see a few people with great, great affection in my heart that attended school at Millville Senior High School in Millville. I've shared this before, but uh, God was moving in Millville High School. There had been a, back then they used these terms, taken straight from Billy Graham, a crusade for Christ. You remember that? You can't really say crusade anymore in this day and age, and that's okay. I think there's nothing wrong with improving our uh, nomenclature here, but that's what it was called. And there were a lot of people coming to Jesus Christ, and they had more than 100 students once a month that would travel together and go to all the different churches in Millville for a prayer breakfast each month. And over the course of the year, we'd go on to the, to the places to pray before we went to high school. That was in, in my lifetime. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if our families could get together and pray before our children went to high school today? And what's changed in order that happened? Well, part of what's changed is just, it, we've slipped by the wayside in good training, equipping our people. You know, as clergy, we have to take responsibility for this. There's some things that I want you to know about this coming year. We have a strategic plan in this coming year that if we can get you to carry it, if we can educate you as to what's going on, you could be excited to join us. And there are three principal parts to the plan. One is to get real, to study week by week, what it means to get real before God, to study it, to show ourselves approved. But the Bible doesn't say that we just study. The Bible says that by the power of Christ's Holy Spirit, 
He gives us the gift of having the mind of Christ. Listen to a couple of the verses. In Colossians, Paul said, You're not given over to the futility of your mind like the people who don't know Christ. Jesus said to the disciples, Your word is a, is a sanctifier. The people may be sanctified in the truth. Do you know what the word sanctify means? To be made holy. To be made pure. We don't just open the book and it's our obligation to study it like a math test in high school. But we open the book and the author of the book living on the inside of our lives begins to explain to us the truth about God's Word. And it's exciting. And not only does he explain the truth about God's Word, if we take time to read it, he makes us pure. He does a work in our heart that makes us the holy people of God. That's why the psalm writer could say, I've hid it in my heart that I might not sin. There's wisdom. There's life. There's truth. There's a, a pure heart. And there are clean hands that come by the counsel of God's Word. Paul said, we have the mind of Christ to be educated. We used to sing, and it was pretty commonly sung in Methodist churches across America, more about Jesus. Let me learn more of His holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. And so we've got this strategic plan to educate people what it means to be real with God. And then for two years, we're going to be studying what it means to be vital. Our churches need to be vital. We can't afford to go backwards. Our church must go forwards. Do you know, it's not enough just not to go backwards. If our church just remains in neutral, we'll die enough death over the next several decades to just shut her down. That's happened all over America. What makes the difference? Well, disciples who love the Lord, enough to follow the Lord, and to be a living, dynamic witness for Christ, so that in our services, people are being transformed in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need to be vital. Get real, be vital. And then finally, the way that it's going to happen for us is we're going to run a campaign. Only this isn't a campaign to meet an annual budget. This isn't even a campaign to, to build a building. This is a campaign that will invite every worshiper at Trinity to take a step forward in our Christian life. That means to commit some more time to Christ in our day-to-day -day devotional life. That means to commit some more time to Christ. Just you measure the step and you know your schedules, what you can do. But it's a promise that we promise God that we're going to take a step forward in vitality and we're going to serve the Lord in one more way than we did it this prior year. And then it's also 
a challenge for us wherever we are in our giving life just to take a step forward in giving. You see, if every single person in this service of worship this morning says yes to God in a pledge of vitality, count me in, Lord. I'm going to take a step forward in my devotional life. Maybe it's five minutes. But don't you know, maybe in the prayers that you pray in those five minutes, somebody's life is going to get changed because you prayed. A challenge to step forward to serve. Maybe on our Rise Against Hunger Day, we're going to be having this winter, people from all over the conference are going to come in. We're going to be upstairs and we're going to be downstairs and we're going to do a conference rise against hunger as well as a local church rise against hunger on another. But maybe this year you'll pack some bags in a rise against hunger and it's just a step forward from what you did last year. And then finally, maybe when the offering plate is passed, each week there's a little bit of an increase for you because you want to live generously for God so loved the world he gave on World Communion Sunday we need to be educated to this point if we get real if we'll be vital if we'll live generously the kingdom of God Jesus promises will go forward in a greater way through you and when it does your church will grow your witness will grow and the lives of people around you will be changed that's the kind of education that I want the kind that shakes the place up the kind that keeps us from being same old same old the kind that is spirit-led so that people are excited about their church and when that happens, the world becomes a better place, starting right here at Trinity United Methodist in Mullica Hill. Let's educate one another that we have the privilege of being the living witness of Jesus Christ, a church against which the gates of hell shall not prevail. Humble thoughts today as we celebrate the act of world communion in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen.